rich traditions, real applications. This is Discover the Truth with Garrett Metal Detectors. Welcome to Discover the Truth, a Garrett Metal Detectors podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Today we're sitting down with Michelle, but uh, her friends call her Gypsy. Why? Well, let's find out. Gypsy, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Shelby. Thanks for having me. So I got to ask, where does this name come from? And and, uh, I assume that it is associated with your YouTube and podcast. Uh, Yes. um, Thanks for asking. Uh, A lot of people, I get asked that question a lot. Um, Gypsy, where did you get that nickname? And and it kind of fell into um, as what I do now with my metal detecting. And I started using my nickname uh, for my YouTube channel as well as as well as my podcast on Monday nights. Uh, so um, it originated um, back when I was a co uh, co owner of a resale shop, and um, it was called Eclectic Gypsies, and I was one of the gypsies <laughs> that co owned this uh, resale <laughs> resale shop, and so um, therefore the nickname Gypsy was born. And then after that, um, not too terribly long after that, I had started my YouTube channel and just stuck with using my nickname instead of my real given name. And it's just stuck. And most people know me now as Gypsy. Yeah. Well, so the uh, the resale shop, uh, were these uh, finds that, uh, you know, people would bring in more like consignment or was it, you know, you shopping at uh, thrift stores and estate sales? How did, uh, like, tell me about the store. So uh, the store started um, just like that. Uh, I guess I've always had treasure hunting in my blood um, from all the way from a little girl uh, up to, you know, the current time is finding bargains and and what I considered treasure or something that interests me. And so I always loved going to garage sales, estate sales, uh, auctions even, and picking up these items and and before long, you know, you can accumulate too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and therefore, it uh, started at uh, reselling like at a booth at a flea market. And then uh, after the um, resale shop, um, long after, a little while after that, uh, I started uh, my YouTube channel. And uh, since then, I've been doing my U- YouTube channel uh, geared around metal detecting and sharing with people um, my passion for, for metal detecting. And, uh, along with that, of, of course, there's other aspects of the channel as well. Uh, any type of treasure hunting, such as bottle hunting, um, dump digging, things, things of that nature, but, uh, mostly metal detecting. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to start the YouTube channel to, uh, share with others. Um, it, it started, I never really expected or, it was a very big surprise to me when I started my channel. I thought I would start it, start recording, you know, what I was doing and uh, metal detecting, digging up coins and relics and things of that nature. And just to share what I, what I was doing with others. And 
it grew. And before I knew it, I had over a thousand subscribers and I was like, (laughs) right, right. Well, so you found an audience that, I mean, so it sounds like you started it just to kind of share with friends and maybe, maybe fellow, uh, you know, metal detectorists that, you know, you would be describing something and you were like, oh, well, you know, here, I'll, I'll show you on video. I can see where that kind of naturally progresses to, well, let me post it on YouTube and then other people find it because I think there's uh, there's a lot of curiosity either for people that are starting that uh, need some some help in kind of getting their feet wet, so to speak, and uh, and exploring kind of through your eyes the different terrain that you cover. And so I know from your YouTube channel, I mean, you you cover lots of different types of terrain. I mean, you've gone to forests and beaches and and uh, even creeks and rivers. Tell me about that. So um, I've been metal detecting now for 21 years. And um, when I first got started metal detecting, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you kind of go in blindly. um, And that's one of the things that I wanted to show to people when I started my channel. When I started um, I had no clue. I just thought I was going to buy this machine and go out and start finding treasure. And then I realized, you know, there's a little more to it. Uh, there is a little knowledge that you need behind it, even before you even purchase a machine. Uh, I went and bought the very first thing uh, that I had ever seen, which the only thing I had ever seen metal detectors were at Radio Shack. And so <laughs> I went in and, and bought a, a detector, which that particular kind doesn't work well on the beach. And I had just moved to a beach town and uh, there's certain things that you need to know about a detector. Will it work well um, with the salt mineralization, you know, on the beach, um, other things like that. Is it waterproof? Uh, How much of, if, if a portion of is waterproof, is it submersible? All these questions and things that I had no clue about And so um, when I started, I didn't know anything about this. So I had to go do it the hard way. Um, This was way before, you know, 21 years ago, YouTube didn't exist. (laughs) And uh, so a lot of it was research and um, learning, you know, reading books and learning um, what types of detectors, the different types of technology that went behind it, all of that, I had to um, do all that. So I actually had purchased a Charles Garrett, uh, I think a beginner guide or something of that nature, uh, and uh, read that. And after that, I went and uh, bought another uh, a Garrett machine and started my journey, found my first ring on the beach and then uh, it grew from there. And I, then I decided, oh, I want to try. I saw people out in the water, you know, doing surf, water hunting and surf hunting. And they're finding more jewelry. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. So then I did the research, you know, what types of machines work better in the salt water, uh, what are fully submersible as of the ones that only the coil and up to the box, uh, your housing unit is that waterproof? Can you get that wet? You know, that type of uh, detector. So um, it just kind of grew from there. And then I actually, uh, that beach town that I lived in, I uh, ended up 
getting so involved in the in it, I helped start a uh, metal detecting club uh, known as the Galveston Island Metal Detecting Club that's still there, uh, still running today. And uh, that's the neat thing about uh, metal detecting and and the different places that I've lived. Um, I've basically lived all over Texas, and it's taken me to the beach, uh, to the woods, uh, to the desert, <laughs> and um, currently to the rivers. But doing this, you know, you you do need different, there is different metal detectors out there for each one of these things. Yeah. Um, so like for, yeah, I guess for our listeners who uh, do have those specific questions. So what did you find that did work really well for, uh, for beach and uh, surf? That was something that was submersible. That is a great question. Um, that's a lot of people's question when they first get into the hobby, um, wherever they're going to be detecting, like, are they going to be detecting on the beach? Are they going to be detecting in the creeks? Um, are they going to be detecting in the woods? Are they going to be relic hunting? So there's different machines that work best for different climates, different areas. And one of the things I found in the beginning is Garrett actually makes a uh, a detector called the the Garrett Sea Hunter Mark II. And this was this is a different type of technology. It's a pulse induction uh, instead of a works off a of very low frequency, our land machines. So I'm getting a little technology uh, nerdy there. Yeah, no sorry. worries. But there is a difference. And with the Garrett Sea Hunter, um, I was able to go into the surf and into the water up to, you know, I could get completely submerged the detector and I could go I'm I'm a short person, so <laughs> I would go out to till the waves would hit my neck, and that's about as far as oh I could wow, go. <laughs> because the waves would you know yeah right over was that my, to the was that basically to the did you make it to the first sandbar and passed or no sometimes I would it would just depend on how how um the tide uh, that was another thing I learned is to study the tide the tide charts. Uh, when it was going to be a low tide or a minus tide, um, because I found that it was better to search the beaches at the minus tides. The fur the furthest uh, out that the uh, tide would go would be the best, because you're you're able to sometimes go past that second sandbar, depending on and not even have to be in the water if it's low enough. Right. Right. So um, that was something that I learned for that. And then from there, I had ended up, after I moved from the beach, I found out that that particular machine didn't work as well in like the creeks and water. There, It's such a different technology that now I currently use the Garrett AT Max, um, which is 10 feet submersible into the water. Wow. And um, the Garrett AT Pro is another one that I use as well. How many how many detectors do you have in total? <laughs> About six, I think. Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, especially because you have been all over Texas. And, and you know, anybody that lives in Texas knows that uh, it's a very large state. People who don't live here 
uh, might be interested to know that, yeah, it ranges everywhere from beach to desert to mountains to forest. So it's it's got a little bit of everything. It does. And uh, I do travel a lot now. Um, so, in fact, I am uh, leave uh, to go to uh, Vegas this this coming Monday. And then after that, I'm going to be going with some friends to metal detect in Arizona. So then you have a totally different change in the climate and the, the soil there. So that's another big difference is learning what detector to use with your accessories. Then, then it comes that you need to do a little research uh, to decide what type of coil you need for that area or for the area you're metal detecting in. So I guess a suggestion to newbies or people that are just getting started into the hobby is to do their research. Um, it's great. YouTube is a great place to uh, learn some of the basics and learn more about the different types of detectors and things that are out there. Well, that's fantastic advice. And I know that people uh, appreciate the I guess, self-taught knowledge that, uh, that you have accumulated. Uh, what's the name of your YouTube channel and your podcast? So the name of my YouTube channel is Zero Discrimination. And um, that's another play on uh, zero discrimination in metal detecting terms. <laughs> means that you're detecting basically in all metal mode. Uh, you're not discriminating out any metal. You're also allowing... Uh, to be able to detect the iron and the other metals and things that are in the ground. And so it is a metal detecting term as well as, you know, many meanings to zero discrimination. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, all, the uh, podcast is all metal mode on Spreaker.com. Uh, but what's really neat about that is it's the, basically the same thing as zero discrimination it's all metal mode. We detect in all metal mode uh, to be able to not discriminate out, you know, those other irons. Because sometimes you do, uh, when you discriminate too much, you know, you you miss some things, uh, some other treasures that um, might be made of a different type of metal. So Right, something that you wouldn't have uh, necessarily thought. So uh, what are some of your, your latest finds? So some of my latest finds, I recently got to go uh, metal detect at a ghost town. Oh, wow. Where is that? So I was in East Texas and got invited to go to uh, metal detect at a ghost town. And when I got there, I got to hear more about this ghost town, which, you know, there are some ghost towns where there's buildings still standing but when I got there, there's nothing. It's just big fields that are now, you know, cotton and, and different things in different seasons. They plant things. And so the only remnants of what that town that is left is like shards. You see shards of glass and things, you know, laying on top of the ground. And so I get there and then I find out that this town was burned by the Yankees during the Civil War. So you've got, a, you know, the Civil War history there. And that's what makes this hobby so uh, wonderful to me is you get to learn uh, with each item you, you dig uh, a piece of our history and hold a piece of our history in your hand. You know, um, I got to 
I dug some Civil War bullets and I got to dig, I found a an AVC Eagle button, which stands for Alabama Volunteer Corps. And I never knew that existed till I dug one and I did the research. So very interesting. And uh, so that was one of my favorite finds that I found right before the new year, uh, 2020. So um, to find a piece of history like that, just it's really exciting. I know we've talked about uh, this before on, on Discover the Truth that, you know, a button, it sounds so innocuous to uh, to maybe an outsider or somebody that's not interested in this. But, uh, you know, you actually think about the story behind it, that the button was on a jacket and this jacket belonged to somebody. And so, you know, typically buttons don't just pop off of jackets normally. They're usually under some type of stress or uh, you know, something happens to the garment. And so when you start thinking kind of a reverse engineering, if you will, the story behind that button, it really is fascinating. And it's, it, you're exactly right. It's a glimpse into the history um, that you're holding in your hand. And that's, that's really unique. And I think that's the the spark of uh, curiosity and imagination that I think uh, relic hunters and, and de- detectorists really uh, thrive on. Exactly. That's what keeps us going is the curiosity of what are we going to discover next? <laughs> yeah. You just, on, you honestly never know. <laughs> you just never know. And that's an, another thing. It brings me, you know, you get a lot of people that get into the hobby and they're like, I'm just digging pull tabs and I'm just digging pennies. But a lot of it, it, you're going to dig trash. Uh, it's a metal detecting term that we call taking out the trash. Sometimes <laughs> it's some job we don't want to do, <laughs> but we do it. Um, so sometimes you just have to take out the trash and then keep on. It's persistence. It's like anything. Uh, persistence and then the love for what you do. And then you're going to sooner or later discover something really neat, a really neat piece of our past or, or something modern um, that someone lost that um, can even be returned, uh, such as a ring or something of that nature. Yeah, you, you sum it up nicely. So, well, Gypsy, I wanted to call you Michelle, but I got to call you by what people know you by. So Gypsy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You have a wonderful day. 